We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on the show tonight. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, Tonight, I am joined by Hayden Bannock, who is a big, big, big time Coastal Carolina supporter. Hayden, thanks for joining. Of course. Hey, thanks, Bobby. Thanks for having me. Um, I am a huge Coastal supporter, man. I just recently graduated here in December with a degree in recreation and sport management. Uh, I've been going to football games since 2013, and then I've been going to baseball games since the uh, the late 2000s. So for quite a while, I've been coming to the Conway area. Awesome, man. Are, are you from that area then? I've actually lived in six states, um, every state in a row from South Carolina to Michigan, except for West Virginia, and then most recently in Texas, so... Awesome. Got, got an outliner out there. There you go. I am from. I am born and raised from Flint, Michigan myself, so I'm a big Michigan supporter myself, too. Uh, I am as well. Dude. I used to grow up going to games in the big house. I most recently went to the uh, the Orange Bowl this past year. So, I, I believe I remember seeing that on your Twitter. Uh, just I, I, Going to the big house is always one of my favorite venues as well, but we'll, we'll talk about venues later on, but... Let's let's first kind of dive into uh, your experience at Coastal. Yeah, so I started here um, as a student in 2016. We were still FCS, and at the time we couldn't go to the playoffs because we were in the transition year of going to FBS the next year. And I wish we could have went to the playoffs because we went 10 and two with combined losses of two points you know we lost by one twice to jacksonville state and to uh someone else but you know and then next year we go like three and nine you know first year fbs i said okay that's expected because you know scholarships were reduced because of the transition you have to can't go to a bowl game your first year anyways uh next two years i want to say we went five and seven you know with like a bunch of three-point losses so i mean just right there at it you know and then covid hits you know and we played campbell and Fans were allowed to go, so luckily I was able to go watch and had a good show, but, you know, it was Campbell, so it was expected. And then, you know, it started getting pretty special. We started, you know, getting some some really convincing wins and, you know, stayed undefeated, got ranked, played Georgia Southern at home, and Grayson McCall was actually out that game. So I was like, oh, boy, you know, Georgia Southern, whenever teams get ranked, usually it's App State. Whenever App State will get ranked, Georgia Southern will upset them. And I was like, oh, boy, you know, here it comes. McCall's out. Now we actually beat him by 14, just kept it rolling. Then we get college game day to come here. And, yep. you know, I was I was complaining that Coastal wasn't a top 15, top 10 team in, in a lot of the polls for, you know, two years in a row. And I had to get humbled. Um, my good friend Mikey Butel, he called me, and he was like, you know, if I would have told you when I met you in 2017 that the school that you were going to would be a top 20 team, would you complain? 
And I was like, dude, I would smack you silly thinking that, <laughs> you know, Coastal would be top 20 in my time as a student. And we actually got up to number nine in one of the polls, had college game day, had the whole, you know, BYU game where, honestly, you know, I've been to, oh, my God, I've been to 133 college football games. And that had to have been, unbiasedly, my favorite game. You know, environment, it was 5,000 people. And I kid you not, man, it felt like I was at the big house, Florida, Tennessee, you know, you name it, any type of major thing, just just the atmosphere. And then it reminded me of we literally rushed to the bars to go celebrate. They, they gave no crap about any COVID restriction. <laughs> and I, I could not believe that I attended a football school and, of course, COVID, you know, so it didn't get, like, the full hype, you know, the, the next year rolls around last year. And, man, I have seen some lines at SEC and Big Ten stadiums for students and ACC, too. But the line to get into our home opener this past year, solid 40, 45 minutes for students. I mean, it was insane for a game against an FCS opponent, too. So, I mean, just my time here, football, football strictly, it's been insane to see it just grow that the way that it has. And then even, you know, all these new complexes, all these new dorms and bars popping up in Conway, um, you know, brand new baseball stadium, softball stadium, ACC center is really nice, too. So I guess when you get good, you, you get some money thrown at you, you know. Of course, game day brings in over a million dollars. So good, good help right there. Absolutely. That, that, that doesn't hurt. That's for sure. And I, I, I had uh, Colton Korn on the, on the show heading into that Kansas game. So that I, I, I was super, super excited to see how the fans supported that. And like, like you said there, just the student line and everything. I mean, it's just an amazing thing. Yeah, first off, love Coach Corn. Love him and his brother, dude. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, the Kansas game. Well, that's the one. That's the one good thing about last year. We had six of our games were on weekday um, TV right, slots, which is right. beautiful. Because first of all, dude, it's a Friday night. Everyone's gonna go to the game. Get you know Thursday night, Wednesday night, whatever. Um, the only thing that really sucks here, you know, being that we have such great location, we have to compete with Myrtle Beach, and a lot of our students mm-hmm. come from the Northeast. Think about it, man. We get a two o'clock kickoff. Man, are you going to a you know a game against you know Norfolk State, or are you going to Myrtle Beach for the day because it's like eighty five degrees and sunny? That's true. You know, we we got to <laughs> compete with that, but you know, like I said, though, when you win, they're going to show. Absolutely, and and I mean, there's worse things that you could compete with. That's for sure. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, I live, I live in Central Illinois, and like I said, grew up in Michigan, and we just got three inches of snow tonight, and <laughs> it's just like, yeah. it, it it could be much worse. <laughs> But you know, most of the times I'm in flip. I was in flip flops like two weekends ago at baseball. So that's awesome. <laughs> well, I I know you went to the spring game, and Coastal, of course, had the very first spring game of the cycle here. And uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go. That was my son's birthday, so there was just there was no way for me to get for get to that. But what were some of your takeaways from that? Yeah. So spring games are always. They're always weird for me. They're you know, interesting. I, I never know what to take out. I don't know if like if the offense is good or the defense is bad or right. defense is bad. Right. But spring games are always super weird for me to judge. But um, really, my a couple of my huge takeaways. Um, 
first off, when I got there, I got there like kind of like right when it started, and they were like doing warm up drills and everything. I was really confused because it started at six thirty, and then I'm not starting until seven. And I was like, we're just gonna watch them practice, and they, then they actually started playing. <laughs> so, but um, yeah. So I'll just go on and say this: uh, we play Army Week One, and uh. From what I've seen, man, it could be a 70 to 56 type game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't know if our running game is just that good or if, I mean, our run defense to start off the spring game was uh, not good, for lack of better words. Um, just a lot of big, big runs, and that's kind of something we struggled stopping last year. So, right. It's, dude, it's still March. They got time. You know, they got a lot of, I mean, we did lose a whole bunch of guys to, you know, graduation. Everyone used their COVID year. They're done. Mm-hmm. You know, some guys went to the draft, get some good DNs in the draft. Um, one one thing that we got to find is uh, is leadership. You know, Silas Kelly and Teddy Gallagher. You know, a lot of guys like to, uh, like to shame Teddy because his stats really didn't stick out last year. But just the dude's leadership skills are unmatched, and people don't really know what kind of effect that has on a team. Um, we got to find uh, an electricity factor, like in the long snapper, CJ Shrimp. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude's a long snapper, and dude would just, he would literally snap the extra point, it'd be money, and he just sprints off the field. Dude <laughs> was always, you know, if they played any good, relevant song, my man was just straight head banging, just. Having an absolute blast, just dudes being dudes, having fun. So we got to find some guys that's going to have some good leadership, provide some good electricity. But yeah, like I said, man, that Army game look for it to be seventy to fifty-six, um, from what I've seen. Um, first two guys, uh, Bryce Carpenter and um, and Gut and Guest, mm-hmm. uh, they can throw the ball pretty good. You know, they, they were getting a whole lot of reps because McCall is out. Right. Uh, so obviously McCall be the guy, and we we had this other guy and don't know his name. Almost reminded me of the Georgia Southern quarterback. Man could do, you know, it's pretty good at running the ball, a whole lot of RPO, um, some good triple option out of him. So I think he'll be good to bring it for some series. Um, which is what we did. It almost reminds you of, uh, I'll say Michigan when they, um, I think it was McNamara would come in or right or, or someone McCarthy. else, you know, the non-starter would come in and do a run. So yep. probably one of those deals. So. Could be easy to read, but like I said, dude's good at multiple different things with running the ball. So, but yeah, spring game biggest takeaway is definitely run defense. That's got to be uh, that's got to be solved, especially for Army. Luckily, it's week one, so you have all year to uh, prepare for them. Right, and and I actually saw Army play Wisconsin this past year, and 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 I mean everybody knows the triple the triple option that they run and everything, and just how different that is. Yeah, I, dude, I love Navy football. Just watching Navy and Army play, Navy Air Force, which I went to last year, Navy Air Force game. And if you can get a game in two and a half hours, oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just don't. I mean, a whole lot of uh, running the ball. The only, I tell you what, they're gonna run you down. It's gonna wear out the defense. Uh, There's gonna be, there's Army will put together some long drives. Mm -hmm. You know, a whole lot of third and ones converted. Um, We can, I tell you what, though, a lot of these new receivers that came in. Dude, I mean, they got some hands. I mean, there's one dude, couldn't see what number he was, was on the other side of the stadium. Man just made a beautiful diving. Oh, I know, diving. I know exactly what you're talking about. That was Sam Pickney. I saw, I saw the, yeah, the video. Yep, it was, was amazing. It. <laughs> oh, absolutely beautiful catch. So I, I look forward to uh, 
seeing him out there this year, you know, get some balls from Grayson. Absolutely. I mean, that, like you said, that catch was tremendous. And obviously not having Grayson for the spring, I mean, it probably isn't – it's not a bad thing, I don't think, because other guys are allowed to get reps. And, I mean, we all know who QB1 is. and Right. Uh, just – I, I think Grayson McCall is a dark horse Heisman candidate myself. And wh- what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he was on, if I'm not mistaken, he did get on the ballot last year or he got a, you know, a letter for it. Um, dude, could he be Heisman candidate? I think absolutely. Um, the only, there's only one thing that I absolutely hate with these, you know, Heisman candidate things is if you watch teams like Oklahoma and Ohio State and dudes that get a lot of guys continuously on there, you know, it'll be dudes that will, Still be in the game when they're up sixty-two to seven. Very um, true, <laughs> uh, dude. Uh, Jamie Chadwell has a his uh, sportsmanship has respect level is extremely high. If if Coastal has a commanding lead by four or five scores, even in the third quarter, I think dude, there was one point last year, the year before last, where Grayson McCall had like seventeen snaps in the second half, and it was like game seven or something, you know, something right. crazy like that. Just didn't need him out there, so. If you know, if let's say Grayson plays all four quarters, oh my God, he's gonna he'll lead the country in touchdowns. Oh yeah, absolutely. A bunch of stats, but but when you when your coach has class, you know you're not gonna pass stats like that. It's a great point, and that's one of the many reasons why I love Coach Chadwell. Um, just being a former coach myself, albeit in a different sport, none but still, you can still see. I, I still get a huge respect factor in coaches that coach the game like that. And just the leadership he has is second to none. Exactly. He was under, you know, Joe McGoey for the longest time. And mm-hmm. I went to a lot of his football camps as a high school kid. And just, just the way that he coached, you know, football and life after football, just so much respect for, for Joe McGoey and his staff that he had. And his story is just amazing, too. Just to be a CEO of a company and a college football coach is just amazing. Exactly. So those life after football discussions were always good. But um, that's why, you know, TD Ameritrade, you know, sponsors a whole lot of our stuff. So got a got a pretty good deal with uh, with them. Absolutely. Uh, I remember uh, you were speaking about the uh, – uh, Silas and Teddy and their leadership. And I had CJ Brewer on the show as well. And just like the leadership he had as well, but like the way he was, he was double teamed the entire season. So his stats weren't as, as big as the year before either. So just, just seeing, seeing the guys that they're losing in, like you said, the deficiencies that they kind of had in the run game. How do you think that, that, uh, they can kind of fix that, I guess we can say. Yeah, definitely. Uh, C.J. Brewer and uh, Jeffrey Gunter, man, them them not being there is gonna mm-hmm. be brutal. Gunter's gone. I, <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be a lot of you know a lot of new faces out there. I gotta, me personally, I have to go through this roster and try to learn them all, you know, real quick because that whole COVID year gave them an extra year, so I was really used to seeing. You know, Teddy, you know, right. the two CJs, um, Jeffrey Gunter out there, Silas. And, of course, I see them all the time at, on campus. Um, super nice guys. You know, they go and support, you know, I see them all the time at volleyball, basketball, baseball, softball, you name it. You know, that's one good, that's one good thing about Coastal Carolina is all these athletes 
go to the other sporting events and represent the school and support their um, fellow fellow athletes here. But to I <laughs> yeah, to, <laughs> honestly, I'm glad it's not in my in my job to help with the run defense right now. Um, I, I have full faith in the coaching staff at Coastal. I don't think we. I think we lost uh, Tony Washington to West Virginia. Yeah, yep. I, I honestly, outside of that, I don't even think we lost any other coach. I don't think so either. So I mean, I, like I said, I feel pretty good with our coaching staff. Um, for um, now, granted, though, I'll be like I'm usually 100 percent realistic. I'm not one of those people that's going to say Coastal is going to go 12 and 0, win every game, 49 nothing. Um, I think our defense is going to struggle, especially first first game, right, um, right, against Army. Um, do I think we pull out a win? I think it's going to be a damn good game. Like I said, mm-hmm. it's going to be a high-scoring game. So whoever can get a you know a defensive turnover, defensive stop, you know, just something big momentum-wise. But um, the good thing is we have Garner Webb and Buffalo afterwards. Kind of kind of get it figured out. I mean, springtime it's a long time, and we got some we got some damn good guys coming in recruiting-wise. Had one of the better recruiting classes um, in our history. So. Feel pretty good with the young guys. Usually, I, I like the veterans out there, but you know, give me give me some young blood, you know. Right, and one of the young guys I'm super excited about and breaking the sack record for a season as a freshman is Josiah Stewart. I mean, he, he has yes. the potential to just be unbelievable. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Stewart could be um, could be the next CJ Brewer, Teron uh, Jackson, or. You know some of the some of the good guys we had coming off the ends because Teron Jackson with the uh, with the Eagles now right and actually had some good playing time last year too towards the end absolutely yeah I think Stewart could uh, could definitely fill in one of those roles for sure um, definitely got to figure out who the line we you know what we're gonna do at the linebacker situation and like I say you, you lose a lot of leadership and mm-hmm. vocalist in Teddy and Silas you know you don't want guys up to be quiet <laughs> Teddy and Silas they were very um, talkative right so. right. <laughs> Yeah, they never, they were never falling short in that regard. That's for sure. Exactly, exactly. You know, being a fan of coach, you love to see it, and then, of course, when you you play against, you absolutely you hate to see it. So right. Now, I, I know everybody is excited about the Sun Belt expansion, myself myself included. I mean, just how amazing it's going to be for the entire conference. But the Sun Belt East is the SEC West of G of the G five. Um, now you you're obviously in that environment every day. How how excited is everybody down there for that? Oh man, everyone's excited, especially for you know teams like Marshall and JMU. We used to play JMU a whole lot in the FCS. Um, we upset them when they were the number one uh, team in the country for FCS. Um, our mascots have a lot of beef, <laughs> so a, a lot of a lot of people are excited to see the mascot rivalry come through. Um, but no, a lot of the students though they're actually talking about it. They're talking about uh, Marshall, JMU. I'm um, not a whole lot of talk about you know ODU or Southern Miss just because you know ODU football. They've been to a bowl game in the continental United States, I think one time, which mm-hmm. was this past year in Myrtle Beach. Right. Um, and Southern Miss is kind of far away, so no one, no one in this region kind of you know pays attention to Southern Miss that much. But a lot of people here do are talking about Marshall and JMU. Um, Marshall was one of the better teams. Um, they did fire Doc Holliday. If you talk to a lot of Marshall fans, they agree with it. You know, I'm I would consider myself a huge college football fan. I loved Doc Holliday. Loved what he did at Marshall when he but when he talked to people that is 
they all have some sort of hatred for him because he got into like a ranked 16th in the country and then like couldn't do anything like the last two, three games. Mm-hmm. So it's just that. one of those things like, first of all, if Marshall is a top 20 team in the CUSA, uh, he should have, you know, almost a job for life kind of deal. But right. I guess it wasn't enough for them in Huntington. I, like I said, I don't know why they hate him, but I, I told him last year that they were going to have six losses when – because they fired him, and they're like, oh, no, we're going to go 10-2, and two, win a, the conference championship, win a bowl game, yada, yada. And then, you know, surely no, no one apologized to me at the end of the year when <laughs> uh, when I was correct. But So if any Marshall fans listen, I would gladly appreciate the apology But because um, I was right. Because I was, like I said, a huge Doc Holiday fan. Got fired. Same same thing happened with Ruff McNeil at ECU. Right, he, yep. He got fired, and then ECU just says, went completely downhill. They, they kind of got it back together last year. Uh, they're kind of in the uh, – got it going but yeah the expansion is it's kind of like it's like you said as sec west you have app state coastal marshall jmu once jmu gets on full scholarship it's going to be dangerous you know they right. they're a really big fcs power so it's going to be super competitive with them marshall and then the crossover with southern miss louisiana uh really really good football in the Sun Belt now we should we should have more than four you know bowl slots no, that time is coming for sure. <laughs> the, it, I, I've said this many times already. If, if anyone is able to go undefeated coming out of the Sun Belt, especially the East, you, you definitely need to be in the college football playoff. Right, yeah. If you, if you go undefeated in the Sun Belt East and then win the conference championship over either Louisiana or Southern Miss, yeah, go on in. Actually, go on to skip the playoff. Just go on and put you in the natty. Right. Uh, I was going, yeah. to, I was going, to, going to say that. If you go undefeated, just let them play the SEC West winner. Right. Or the <laughs> or, or the Big Ten East winner for the natty. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I I agree. I mean, just just like you said, I mean, just marshal their pedigree, what they are, what they're bringing in. Obviously, App State is – Top notch, and then, like you said, JMU. Once they get everybody on full scholarship, they're going to be a problem. <laughs> right, right. And uh, this is one good thing about you know Coastal's finally on full scholarship for the last few years now, and I was worried, you know, because at the time, you know, going three and nine every year, and I was like, oh boy, I was like, this is uh, this ain't the FCS anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, I get to looking at recruiting, and I'm like, dude, wait a second, you know, like, I finally been to some of these places, but um. I was like, come on, man. I was like, Statesboro has a Waffle House. Great people. Love the people down at Statesboro. Very hospitable. Always love going to the tailgates there on Gatorade. Try to go to Gatorade every time I go, it rains. But um, I think like San Marcos and Jonesboro and places like that, I'm like, man, who on earth wants to go to school there? You know, why would you not want to go to Myrtle Beach? Right. And then now, once you're on full scholarship, you know, what, 22 and 3, you know, something like that the last two years. So it's coming together. That, I mean, that's the thing, too. I mean, like you said, I, I've traveled all over just in that regard as well, and it's like, why wouldn't you want to go to Myrtle Beach? <laughs> exactly. I can only, as much as it pains the same, the only city out in, in the Sun Belt. You know, I've, I've heard good things about Lafayette. I'll, I'll give them that. You know, people down there is pretty good from what I've heard. Food's really good in Louisiana, too. Yeah. Uh, but Boone, I, honestly, Boone. I've been to Boone. Um, if, you, if you like the mountains, it's a great place to go. Um, I wouldn't recommend wearing anything teal 
um, <laughs> because they will uh, say some not very nice things to you <laughs> just walking in the streets. So I uh, do not recommend uh, wearing teal, man. I think they, they almost – people in Boone hate Coastal as much as people in the state of Ohio hate the state of Michigan. You know, I've heard I've heard other people say that too. So I'm 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 not surprised to hear you say that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's pretty accurate. I used to live in Ohio and Michigan and North Carolina, so I can I can tell you. Well, I'd like to spend the rest the rest of the show on two things. First off, let's talk a little bit about the Sun Belt, and I I, I think I would. I wouldn't be doing it justice if I didn't talk about Sunbelt baseball right now, just with how fantastic the league is. Right, yeah. You know, Texas State just upset number one Texas uh, yesterday, and the night before they, they lost by one. Uh, Texas State took a series from Arizona. So there's some great ball in San Marcos. They're actually ranked in the top 20 in some polls. Um, then Coastal, obviously. You know, we're putting together a pretty good year. Um, we flirted with perfection the other night. Had a no-no in the I ninth and oh. had it broken up and then almost lost. You know, we we beat uh, Wake Forest, and they only have one loss the entire year. We beat Rutgers. They have one loss the entire year. Um, if our opponent's combined record is like 63 and 40-something, you know, unlike teams like NC State, whose combined opponent record is like 5 and 30 until they got swept by Northeastern, and Northeastern went from a losing record to a winning record, and a lot of people talk about a lot of these schools in the ACC who play, you know, New Jersey Institute of Technology and, you know, the local D3 schools. And they're like, oh, we're beating them 20 to 3 and whatnot. And then, then you have Coastal and Texas State and South Alabama and, you know, App State who actually play relevant Power 5 teams, you know, per se, if you're looking at a football kind of standpoint. But, the really the sad thing is with, with Sunbelt baseball is, you know, first off, you have teams like South Alabama, who I watched last year in the regional at Florida, who put a 19 spot on the uh, the Gators and eliminated them. And then they eliminated Miami the next day, and you, they eliminated two of the biggest powers in college baseball. But what sucks about Sunbelt baseball is, if you were to name the conference, the SEC, the Big 12, or the ACC, they would probably get five or six teams in the tournament, but because their name is the Sun Belt, they're going to get one team in. Whoever wins the conference tournament is going in. If we get two teams, it'll be this should be the year, whether it's Texas State and South Alabama or Coastal. You know, two of those three, if they keep it up, should be in. Louisiana can make a case. You know, any honestly, any of those four. And then when Southern Miss joins, whether it's next year or this year or whenever, right. you know, um, that, I mean, that's another power. You know, even the CUSA baseball, Old Dominion, top 15 team. So you add them in the, in the mix, add in Southern Miss. Right there are six teams that should be constantly in the top 30. And, you know, I'm not that good at math, but that's a, that's a pretty high yeah, percentage that, of that, uh, the teams in the top 30. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good league, to say the least. I mean, the it seems that something has to change in that regard then when it comes to the NCAA turn or to the baseball tournament then. <laughs> right. Yeah. 64 teams get in, you know, you shouldn't have a team like, let's say, let's just say a random, let's say Georgia tech go like 
16 and 14 in the ACC, but they get in the tournament because they're in the ACC and they had a winner record. Mm-hmm. And it was, what's sad is usually if you have a winning conference record in the ACC, whether it's 16 and 14 or whatever, you usually get in the tournament because you're in the ACC. Well, I mean, if that was the case with the Sun Belt, you should put in six teams, but because mm-hmm. it's not. And if you would look at it, you now Texas State has already made a case for the tournament, even if they don't win the Sun Belt tournament. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? You know, so, uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, this conference should, if the tournament started today, they should get four teams in, maybe three. Um, but, I, honestly, realistically, they're going to get two at absolute most. So, it'll just be really interesting to to see how they do it. If um, if a one through four, five seed wins, the, or a two through five seed wins the tournament, you know, see if the one seed actually gets in. I'm more big on who wins the regular season than a tournament. It's just mm-hmm. it's one weekend. Who gets hot at the right time? Right, especially in baseball. Oh, exactly. I mean, we can go on and talk about the MLB where they play 162 games and it comes down to one game in the wild card. Right. It just makes no sense to me when, when basketball has 82 games and they play a seven-game series. But that's a story for another day. I agree with you, man. Uh, I'd love to conclude the show talking about some of the venues you've been to as well. I mean, you already said you've been to a ton of games. I know you're doing kind of the same type of tour I'm doing, trying to get to all the FBS venues and and everything. And what are what are some of the best ones that kind of stick out in your mind? Yeah, so I've actually I've been to sixty to visit. Um, I've been to thirty two for games. Um, eventually my end goal is to do all 131 for games and then it'll, it'll go up when, uh, when Sam Houston State and Jacksonville State join. Yeah. So we'll be at 133. Um, some of the venues, um, for game, game wise, I'll give you, you know, a kind of quick top four or five. Honestly, man, for BYU. And, you know, I'm one of those coastal fans that won't hate on Louisiana, App State and BYU just because we have to because we're coastal. BYU is one of the most interesting places I've ever been to in my entire life. I went to the, a Utah game the night before, and everyone's drinking, tailgating, mad hard. Well, BYU had an 8 o'clock kickoff of the game I went to, and I got some, some friends out there. I said, hey, you know, when's the, uh, when's the frat tailgate? When the, when's the party? When do we throw down? Because it's an 8 o'clock game. I was like, man, we're going to get drunk all day. And um, they were like, yeah, we, uh, we don't tailgate here. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, you, you guys just kind of like just – just walk over at like 6.30 and go to the game. And they're like, yeah, pretty much. And I was like, there's one guy grilling in the parking lot. And I was like, yep, this is going to be super lame. And it was Zach Wilson's first start at BYU too. I tell you what, that was the most sober fun I've ever had in my entire life. And that was all I will say about BYU. That place was absolutely electric. Um, if you want another good time, obviously go to Michigan. Mm-hmm. Michigan is just a – any fan is going to have a good time there. Um, I know I know some Ohio State guys that have been there, and they they actually don't don't mind going there. So, this tailgate on the golf course is, is really unique. Georgia Tech is one of my favorites too. Um, I'll throw in Mississippi State was an, a great experience. I went to the Egg Bowl wearing Ole Miss stuff, and I had people hand me cowbells, take pictures that we you know at the statue and everything. Just super nice, hospitable fans. Um, LSU, Tennessee, Florida, uh, kind of round out my. I guess that's more like seven or eight, but. Florida was really unique. You know, I wore a Tennessee shirt to the game, you know, expecting to get crabbed on the entire game. And I was offered four beers in the first 15 minutes I was there. So if that tells you anything about my, my time at Florida, it was 
it was honestly one of the best, and I had really low expectations just because I was in you know rival rival gear. Right. My my brother actually works at the University of Florida, so I, I I've had the opportunity to visit the stadium when it's empty, and uh, it's it's a it's it's an amazing place. I, I haven't been to a game there yet, but it's uh I agree with you. Just I've seen it on TV, and then like being there in person, it, it, it's a special place. That's for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's usually always open. Um, yeah, I've been there. Inside, I've actually kicked a field goal on the field, and there's a lot of people that run stadiums. That's true. Yep. But, yeah. Usually, a lot of the stadiums are easier to get into. Oklahoma State have probably had the most uh, most trouble, or actually, uh, Louisiana Monroe kind of had to, you know, stack some chairs and you know, kind of find some elevated surfaces to to get in. But I I I have to. Talk about Brooks Stadium, though, and just the the surf turf before we conclude everything. Just that is one of my favorite venues. And as as a fan of coastal football, but also just because of how unique it is. Yeah, the um, surf, I mean, it's it's super unique, man. It's it's so sick. Everyone, everyone hates on it if they watch it on TV. Um not gonna lie, man. If you watch it on TV, it it it, it looks nowhere. It doesn't near do it justice in person. <laughs> no, it doesn't it, do it justice. That's for sure. I agree with you. No, absolutely not, man. It's just like Boise State, you know, um, Eastern Washington, Central Arkansas. Just it's one of those you got to go in person, and absolutely. It, it'll I promise you it'll look way better. I actually had that when I went to Eastern Michigan this year. I because uh, when you watch their field on TV, that gray field, it looks weird. But in person, it actually was pretty cool. I was like, wow, this is – it was a lot better than what I imagined it was going to be. <laughs> right, yeah. I've actually – I was supposed to go to a game there uh, when COVID hit because Coastal was playing in Eastern Michigan. But game got canceled, unfortunately. But I did actually go there. I've been on the field and everything. I, just, I mean, like you said, it's really unique. It's actually it's actually really cool. It is. Just these, uh, these fields that aren't, you know – the national national green. Mhm. No, I agree with you with that. Well, I will say um one one concluding thing about stadium tours and like I said I've been to over 130 games, been to 60 venues, 32 for games. Uh if you if I had to pick one that I had to go back to for the rest of my life every year, uh, it's going to be a game at Navy. Um just watching, you know, the midshipmen come in all these ceremonies and all the military appreciation that they have and just the feel that, I mean, first of all, go to a game. If it ever happens again, go to a game on 9-11 or mm-hmm. 9-11 weekend, and I promise you, you're, you're not going to have a, uh, a clear eye. I mean, it, it's one of the most special places in, in all of college football to, uh, to have, you know, military academy and, even to play the military academy is a super special. When when Coastal plays Army in September, I'm I'm actually super excited just because it is the uh, United States Army that we are playing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, those games it 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 just means a little bit more just because of the respect factor that you have for those guys lining up across from you. Oh, exactly, man. And I, I hate it when I when I watch games, and I think it was Memphis one. I think they're playing Army, and a lot of dudes are just being extremely disrespectful and 
lot of late hits and I mean just a bunch of unsportsmanlike stuff and it honestly just made me have an extreme hatred for for Memphis for that for that year just because of how they acted against dudes that are playing for the army you know dudes mm-hmm. that when they graduate are gonna you know sacrifice their life you know for us so. absolutely I I couldn't agree more with you on that and uh, that's a great way to end the show right there again thank you so much for coming on tonight and uh is there anything you'd like to conclude with uh man honestly just if you ever get the chance uh come out to a game at coastal hit me up you know i got twitter out there hc hc bannock underscore 25 i want to say is mine and then i got you know fifth quarter ccu definitely hit me up and if i can't make it to the game you know i can definitely send you where to go you know restaurant wise bar wise you know give you all the tidbits on you know kind of what to do and how to get the uh, the full experience at coastal um anything that i want to close on um honestly man it, it sucks that we're not playing louisiana this year so hopefully we uh we get to see them in in december because i, kn- I know their fans want to play us really bad absolutely and i would love to see that one that that'll be that'll be beautiful and i plan on i plan on one of the games i plan on going to this year is a coastal game so i will definitely be in touch and again thank you for coming on of course man thank you i appreciate it and i tell you what when coastal lost to f state last year that's my fault i actually cut my mullet that week so <laughs> i take full responsibility for uh, for losing to the boonies last year all righty well again thanks guys for tuning in have a good night god bless